Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome to the show. It is an honor to be here once again and sharing whatever message comes through today, whatever divine channel transmission is meant to be shared with you at this time. I found that ever since the New Year's, there's been this new kind of profound energy. I've been playing with it a lot. I've been challenged by it a lot, but also I've been kind of feeling this real leveling up not just for me, but for all of us, humanity as a whole, the planet as a whole, all of us in our humanness. And today's topic that came in, and it kind of came in a few times before, but it didn't really, I didn't really have the words. I just kept getting the words rise up. And it's been kind of playing like a theme in my mind for a while. But this morning when I woke up, I got really clear that it's time to rise up from the ashes. Those were the words I kept feeling. It's time to rise up from the ashes. And I would, in my meditation, I saw this beautiful phoenix rising from the ashes and this, this rebirth and this expansion and this freedom. And it felt like more of a soaring freedom. That's everyone has access to. So this morning, it's really cold. I'm back in BC. I'm back in Canada and it's actually really cold. The lower mainland usually doesn't get too cold, but it's, we're in minus temperatures. And I know for a lot of people across Canada, it, it's minimal, but for me, it's, it is an extreme. You've got the cold, the snow and the wind. We don't usually have snow here in the Vancouver area. So there's a lot of winds. You might actually hear some wind from outside kind of hitting different things on our deck. The, the cold for me is, is challenging and it takes me a while to transition. But the good things, the good news is I work from home so I can kind of stay in. I don't have to go out and I do pick up my son, you know, school, the school run and all, but I have the ability to kind of tuck in and really snuggle up in my blankets and, and have my dogs on my lap and just kind of really get cozy. When I was, had this vision of this Phoenix rising, I could feel I was still lying in bed because I wake, when I wake up, I first go into meditation when I'm just starting to be aware that I'm somewhat awake. I go right into meditation. I go right into my breath work and really conscious of, you know, the energy that's within my body and around me. I, I work with the energy of my community and my clients and I kind of bring everybody into my inner circle. And I, start to kind of work with everybody's energy. This morning when I had that vision of a phoenix rising, I felt this heat, like an unbelievable amount of heat all through my whole body, through my hands, through my feet. And 
it was it was so much that I actually almost was going to take off my blanket. So I have a wool blanket and a duvet, a winter duvet, and another blanket on top. It's like I have five, four or five layers on my side. My husband has one layer. So I felt this intense heat running through my physical body and all around me. And it was very comforting at the same time. I could feel it was almost like burning out the old and clearing way for the new. And I feel like this new powerful energy that's coming is really calling for all of us to rise from the ashes. And for me, the ashes represent the past, any leftovers, whether it's this life or a past life, anything that's no longer serving us, relationships, all those things that have kind of maximized or, or kind of run their course that we need to let go of. It represents any history anchors, things that are keeping us held in the past, held back into our traumas or wounds, unresolved traumas and wounds that still need to be healed and looked at. For those that have been doing the work on a conscious level, it's not as intense. It's still, it still is an intense energy to navigate but it's not as intense. So we're not feeling the same resistance as other people who are still asleep at the wheel, still living life by default or even life by design. Those that are kind of asleep at the wheel and living unconsciously, they are experiencing way more resistance and way more intensity. And things are kind of coming in all these directions and, and it's not going to make sense, but it's going to feel intense and dense and challenging and for a lot of people really really hard so what i'm seeing is there's this this call to awaken that's become stronger than ever before and there's a lot of people suddenly having these spontaneous awakenings these spontaneous wake-up calls and some people are gonna have to learn the hard way they're gonna have to hit that brick wall they're gonna have to kind of get to the point where they're just knocked right down on their back, hit with that two by four. Or the option is, is to start to wake up gradually. We can still have a gradual awakening for those that are really asleep, but I think most of them now are actually going to start to have these spontaneous awakenings. So this I'm seeing happening with my personal relationships, those, those individuals that are maybe not quite on the same path as me, not really having that kind of spiritual path that, that I, I've been on and the healing path that I've been on for over 25 years now. I'm seeing more and more people feeling the impact of the resistance to that call to wake up, that call to rise. So when we rise from the ashes, we rise from everything that is no longer serving. We rise from fear. We rise from rise up and beyond the battlefield, up and beyond fear, up and beyond all perceptions of limitations from our human perspective. And we're rising above all of that. We're rising above separation. And we're remembering. It's a process of rebirth and remembrance. We're remembering the truth of who we are. That's the process. And in that remembering, we need to let go of who we think we are, who we believe we are, or who we think and believe we have been. 
because a lot of people are really attached to who we are, who we think we are, who we've been in the past, how we've been in our lives. When I look back, there's times where I, I'll, you know, have a connection with somebody on Facebook and I reflect back on when I actually met them and how I was, it feels like, like a whole different lifetime. I've, I've changed so much in a perception of such a short time that I can't even begin to imagine living the way I used to live. I've become really comfortable with change. I've embraced change. Another way to say it is I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable. So it's just natural for me now to embrace the evolution and the change in my life, in my mind, in my heart, in my relationships. Some people are comfortable with that. Others feel a little bit like, you know, the dig the heels in a little bit. It's a little bit more challenging. But the challenge here right now for everyone, especially since we hit the 2020 mark, that non-negotiable call that was in the last couple of years has gotten even stronger. And the more you resist it, the more intense it will become. As you start to awaken, as you start to rise up from the ashes and free yourself, there's this soaring freedom from fear. There's this, and it's almost disorienting at first because I know the times where I'm like, kind of shocked that the fear's not there. A situ- I'm, I'm facing a situation I'm like, normally in my life, fear would be present. It would have been present, but it's not. It's kind of a disorienting feeling at first because I'm kind of looking for it. I look around and I'm like, where are you? Where are you hiding? I'm like, you can't possibly not be here at all. And there's real freedom in that absence of fear. There's a real expanded nature and full of possibility when fear is not present, when fear disappears and dissolves. I've come to this place of feeling really solid in a lot of ways. And I was having a conversation with my son the other day and he was talking about death and he goes, I don't really fear death because I don't fear my own death. He goes, I'm more, I don't want other people to die. And I said, yeah, I used to have that. I used to have a real intense fear of other people dying, a real fear of losing somebody or losing love. And it was so intense that even if someone was late five minutes, the first place my mind would go is something bad happened and I would get, I'd be pulled down into this wormhole of fear and worry and concern and panic. In worst case scenarios, my ego would just go crazy with it. So death for me was really confusing and frightening. And again, it wasn't my own death that I was afraid of. Although I was afraid of pain in my body, I was afraid of disease, I was afraid of injury, that sort of thing, because my physical body was so sensitive and I was already feeling other people's pain and physical pain and emotional pain. So anything like any kind of injury would just add this huge magnifying glass to my own pain and suffering and the the pain and suffering I was carrying on behalf of others 
inadvertently. I didn't realize I was doing that for a long time, but it would create this real heavy burden for me. So when I started to really understand my relationship with pain and I started to really understand my relationship with death and unwind my beliefs and my fear around it, I started to have a different experience and I could feel the fear slowly dissolving. I recently had an experience where I had these men that showed up at a, at a, in a situation where normally they're kind of three like bullies and normally it would have, I would have had some form of impact inside me. I would have felt some fear or panic by default. That would, that was my default setting before. And I didn't feel that. I felt like so solid for some reason. I, I just felt so solid in it. And I was like, I'll talk to them. I, I'll handle it. I can do this. It's like, I, you know, I feel, I just felt this like fierce love and this shield around me. It wasn't like a shield of protection. It was just a, a shield of certainty that I was held in this light and that I could hold my own and that I could handle the situation. And interestingly, they, they kept coming toward me, but they would see me and then they would back off. And I wasn't saying anything or doing anything. It was very interesting to kind of feel their energy wanting to come in and challenge, but then backing up, wanting to come in and challenge and then backing up again. And all the while, just me, no judgment, just me sitting and kind of holding my own and standing so solid without any presence of fear at all. I had a similar experience as well when I went to Africa the second time, when I was in Kenya the second time, I, I had no fear, like zero fear. We had a, had a gun pointed at me and I just was like calm, like, and it was a really odd feeling that fear was just not present. So I was reminded of that feeling again. It's like that solidness, that deep knowing. And when we're in that space of deep knowing, we're in alignment with the divine. We're in alignment with our divinity. And in that space, there is no fear. Fear does not exist. And the more and more we remember that truth, the more and more we can rise up above the fear. We can rise above the battlefield. We can rise above those situations that normally trigger us or impact us in a negative way or have a spiral down into worry and concern and fear. We can rise above those situations, not being better than those things, but, but not being consumed or dragged down or held back or limited. It's an interesting feeling to shift out and away from fear into a solid knowing that all is well, that everything is playing out the way it's meant to. And then as long as you play the role you're meant to play in your human experience, that it's serving everyone. As it's, it's again, it's that process of, I talk about embracing our humanness but embodying our divinity. So we are animated by this 
force that is so much bigger than our thoughts, so much more unlimited than our minds, has so much more potential than our physical bodies. And that's a lot of what I teach and refer to as living oneness. And I've had those experiences of living oneness throughout my, you know, throughout the last 10 to 15 years and well longer, but, but they were pockets. And now what I'm seeing is it's more sustainable. And for me before 2020 hit, it was sustainable in, in situations where I could really be in alignment and I wasn't triggered. Now I'm finding that it's sustainable even when in my humanness I'm triggered. So I can feel the trigger. I can witness the feelings. I can see myself in my humanness going through the motions of those human expressions or emotions. And I'm standing so solid. That's the phoenix. That's that phoenix rising. And that's what we're all capable of. How each one of us gets there is unique. What each one of us needs to unwind our mind is unique. Because all of our experiences that have wound our mind so tightly around fear are unique. And we may have similarities, but it's a unique path for us. And then we have our individual unique experiences. And then we have our collective experiences, unique experiences based on our, our, what country we're from, what area we live in, how we're raised, how our family was, what our, our surroundings was like, the influences we had in our lives, the programming. What we were taught to believe religion, spirituality, the lack of those things, all of it, all of it influences what race we are. All of it has an influence. So we have this, our own kind of individual influence of our lives. And then we have the collective influence. And then we have the inherited influence. That's what we're unwinding from. There's a lot, but the beautiful thing is there are tools and systems and teachers and gurus and radio shows and books. And there's so, so many ways today to learn what you need to learn in order to remember the truth of who you are. There's so many fingers pointing to the truth. And what I need What finger I need to point to the truth is different than what you need. But sometimes we'll have kind of a parallel path and we have a similar tool or a same tool that we're using, but our recipe is unique. That's the one thing I love about the Intuition Academy is it's it's structure with flexibility. 
and it allows each student to receive the curriculum in the way they need it and to integrate it in the way they need it and receive the mentoring in the way they need it. And it's all very unique, but we're joining together in community. So there's some structure, but there's a lot of flexibility to allow for the individual to have the level of healing that they're meant to have and the level of awakening that they're meant to have over the course of the year. The whole program was divinely guided. It's like a, a, it's been taken from four years of curriculum and brought into a structured program. But each individual going through that program was having a very unique experience. Because what we need to unwind our mind from fear, what we need to expose how the ego is embedded fear in our lives and the way that the ego is kind of cleverly disguising itself as love or spirituality and all these kinds of ways the spiritual ego likes to come in and play is very unique. So there's not one recipe for all of us. The same way the ash, the ashes that we're rising from is not the same for all of us. We have similarities. We have those shared experiences or shared trauma. But it's unique. So the question then becomes, how do we navigate the global shift within us and around us? How do we discern what is meant to be on your path and what's not meant to be on your path. That's where your heart comes in. So even if someone's giving you advice or telling you what to do or not do, what you really need to do is take it into your heart and let your, the last stop before you make that decision, before you take inspired action is your own heart. You could have 20 people telling you 20 different things giving you 20 different paths for advice. And maybe none of them are actually your path. And maybe the purpose of hearing about those 20 paths is for you to get really crystal clear that it's not that way at all. And then you open up to guidance and you receive a whole different path from within. The light shines in a different direction for you and you get clear. Life meets us where we're at. Spirit meets us where we're at. I meet you where you're at. We're met in our humanness. And if we don't meet people in our humanness, then, then they can't remember their divinity. We have to meet them there where they're at. Understand as, as much as you can. Create, create an understanding just to have a level of compassion. At the same time we have an understanding and a level of compassion, it does not mean we don't stand up and say no. It does not mean that we let them do what they're doing. We can have an understanding and compassion for people's behaviors. So for instance, these three bullies I was talking about, I have an understanding and compassion for where everything, where it's all being driven from. It's fear and desperation. 
its power over others. But really deep down, it's their own pain, their own unresolved wounds, unhealed trauma. So I can feel the underlying guilt. I can feel the underlying shame. I can feel the underlying fear and pain, even though it's projected out as aggression or power over or bullying. And at the same time, I'm not going to stand and allow the behavior to be thrown at me or toward others at this point. I'm, I'm actually standing up for me and for others at this time. That's because that's what I'm guided to do. I'm taking a stand because that's what's guided. There's a role I'm meant to play. And that, that's clear to me right now. And the more clearly I stand in that knowing, the more clearly I rise up and say yes to play the part I'm meant to play, the more solid I feel, the more centered I stay more grounded I am and I'm standing on this foundation of peace and knowing that everything is playing out for everyone and that maybe just maybe all of this upheaval or all of this challenge is actually designed to wake some of those individuals up or not I don't know. I can't be attached to that. I can't be focusing on that. I can certainly be open to it. I can certainly pray that they find their way and that they realize the truth for themselves, whether I have a part to play in that or not. I don't know. And maybe I'm just standing up for this group of individuals as a collective whole. I'm standing up, and it appears to be me standing up against certain individuals so that I'm standing up for others, for others that don't have a voice or don't have the courage to speak or don't know how to even face this. Most of us don't know how to face our own ego, let alone the ego in others, especially a really entitled narcissistic ego or a spiritual ego or the super ego, to, to even begin to challenge that or stand up in love in the face of the intensity of those ego personas, it requires a lot of courage. It requires a lot of bold bravery and willingness to hold your ground. And it also requires courage to know when to step back and to recognize that you need to sometimes leave the battlefield. So this call to rise right now is is a really profound, deep calling in your heart. And it's calling for you to rise in the way that you're meant to. And the way that you're meant to is unique. 
than everybody else. And when we can say yes to play our part, however big or however small the part appears, everyone's part is essential. Everyone's role contributes to the healing of the whole. So your part matters. It matters a lot. It matters for you, but it matters for everyone. When you can rise above the ashes and spread your wings and say yes to the role you're meant to play, there's a beautiful knowing of the divinity that works within you. There's a beautiful alignment. And with that comes more solidness. And the more we face those things, and the more we walk through those challenges, the more solid we become. So we're going to take a short break. And when I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how to navigate all the things that are going on right now and everything we're witnessing all around the world. We talked, I talked last week about how to keep your heart open when it hurts with considering all the tragedies that we're witnessing around the world. There's a real fine art to being human right now. And when we can embrace our humanness and embody our divinity, then we'll live with more of a profound purpose and knowing that really will carry us through any hardship, any challenge, any adversity. And we'll be stronger and stronger and more solid with each step. We'll talk some more after the break. We'll be right back. Heart-Led Living Intuition Academy with Sue DeMay is a unique, unschooling experience designed to unwind, clear, and align your intuitive channel. And the doors are open for you now. Experience unwavering faith and deep trust in your intuition as you strengthen your connection to source, allowing you to walk through every moment with more peace, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Experience this deep personal transformation with Sue's guidance including the option to share what you learn as a certified intuitive coach. This is your time to unwind and reprogram your mind, to rebuild your foundation and realign with your intuitive heart. Enrollment is now open. Apply today at heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Again, that's heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. We are, we've been, I've been talking about, it's time to rise up from the ashes. And I've been talking about what the ashes represent and what we're meant to be letting go of right now and, and stepping into and flying into really, because it's about spreading our wings and really experiencing more of a soaring freedom, a freedom from the fear, a freedom from the old way of being in life, freedom from our past, freedom from the collective and the individual wounds that we carry freedom from all our inherited programming and inherited wounds. There's a real shift in the energy and it's inviting us and allowing us to heal 
at a very quickened rate. And it's very intense a lot of times for people because the energy has changed so much. And I know for me, I've really, I've leveled up so much in the last, even in the last month or two, in the last year or two, but really specifically since January 1st. So the last 14 days, I feel like there's this profound leveling up. And the energy that's coming through me and the messages that are coming through me are uh, have shifted and they feel vibrationally attuned to a different level now, which is very exciting and at the same time challenging for, for a lot of people. So when I meet people in their humanness, I'm seeing them where they're at. I see them in their humanness, but I know their divinity. I know in my heart, in my spirit, with my entire beingness, that they are not just this human being having this human experience. So even when they're showing up in fear, I can meet them with love. Even when they're showing up with aggression or bullying, I can meet them with love. I process my trigger first. That's really important. You have a trigger if I'm if I'm feeling like a, a ignited somehow based on you know an emotional charge based on what what has happened. I process that first and then I make a conscious choice to meet them in that space of love. So love is expanding, not fear. I'm not adding my fear to the recipe. When you are navigating this new energy, you're probably going to have to have some time to rest you're probably going to feel the need for more self-care and soul care. You're going to possibly need the time for kind of turning, tuning inward and integrating. So spending time on your own and it, and it doesn't have to be a large amount of time on your own. It might just be pockets, like even five minutes at the beginning or the end of your day. So in the beginning of my day, I do meditation to bed. And then at night when my family's kind of still awake, I actually go to bed early and I meditate and then I fall asleep. Those are my times to kind of like wake up and set the tone for my day and go to bed and set the tone for my night for the integration for everything that's happened throughout the day. So how you spend your time may change, may shift. Those things that you used to feel were really important may not feel so important anymore. Those things that used to fill you up and give you a spark may not feel so sparkly anymore. And if you can be okay with that and let those things fall away, there'll be some new things coming in. New ways of being, new ways of experiencing life, new tools, new self-care, soul care practices. Be willing to let go of the old to make room for the new. That's that call to rise. That's rising up from the ashes. That's letting the old burn away and clear and rising up from the ashes and letting your wings spread wide and really asking the divine to guide you, asking your heart to lead you. Show me the way. Tapping into that divine force and letting your heart be that bridge. When we let our heart lead, and we use our mind as the tool that it's meant to be. 
then it becomes, instead of being a tool for fear, a source of fear, it becomes a tool for love. It becomes a, a symbol that we can use to bring the knowledge that we have as a human being and bring it and marry it with the knowing that we have in our heart. Because the knowledge we have in our head is limited based on our human experience. The knowing we have in our heart has an unlimited potential. It's a knowing that goes beyond logic and reason. It's a knowing that goes beyond all limitations of the mind. It's a knowing that is connected to our divinity, our source, the source of all living oneness. The key is to acknowledge and embrace your humanness. So there's, I was working with a client yesterday. We were talking about the idea of oneness and starting with kind of teaching people from the concept of duality or love and fear, that sort of thing. We have to kind of meet everybody in their humanness and use whatever tools they have at the time or whatever you can to help them create an understanding at the level of the mind. So if they believe in separation and you're trying to tell them that they're one with everything and everywhere all, all together all at once, it's too far of a stretch. It's, it's too big a gap. The mind can't comprehend the, the knowledge in the mind at that time cannot even get close to the knowing in their heart because it's too big a gap. So the key is to find the language or find the tool that can be a bridge to bring them closer to the knowing. And then once that tool does its work, we need to let that tool fall away. And then we need to shift to the next level of truth. So when we talk about teaching duality and understanding that there's two teachers we teach love and fear or ego and spirit. Whereas truth, there's only love. Fear is not real. Only love is real. And even that is limited in our language because it can only be experienced. But to try and get someone who's sitting in fear and believes in separation, believes that they're a separate body having a separate experience and that they're not connected to anyone, anywhere, everywhere, and, and anything, to get them to that place of remembering the truth that they're, they're one with the divine, as we all are, there has to be a bridge. And sometimes there's several bridges. And sometimes there's several things that point to the truth for them at that time. And then we have to be open to anything and attached to nothing because that truth that we can embrace at that time will eventually need to be let go of so that we can create room for another truth. A deeper knowing, a knowing that goes beyond the level of knowledge that we're holding. So we get these glimpses and these understandings and this integration, and there's a time of shift and integration. And then we get some more teaching, another concept or another idea. That's what a lot of people talk about aha moments or these moments of 
awakening to another level of truth. These aha moments are, are like a remembrance. Ah, I remember that. That makes sense on a deep level. I get that. And then we need some time to integrate it. And then we can let that go. And we can be open to another level of understanding. Another depth of knowing. That's the process. We're waking up to remember the truth. With a capital T. But there's a lot of truths on the way to get us to the grand truth or the big truth. And even then, we still can't be attached and seeking and grasping at any of it. So to open the mind, I often use the words, I, don't, I know nothing about anything. I was talking to my husband this morning. We woke up early and we were chatting in bed and just talking about our relationship and the evolution of you know, me and him and what's going on and where, where we're at. Our lives are changing and, and it's all about kind of going with that evolution and then finding ways to spend time with each other and, and what, what, you know, sometimes those things change. So we kind of have to stay on it. We have to keep our, our radical honest practice going because otherwise we, we get very disconnected with all that's going on in our lives. So we had this time to just connect and talk and share. And I was, I was inviting him to open up his mind because he's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I'm like, true. None of us do. We, we think we do. We want to believe we have control or an understanding of what's going to happen in the future, but we don't know. We can't know. The truth is I know nothing about anything. That's the truth. And the truth is my battery is about to die on my computer. So let's grab my cord. So when we have this openness in the mind, we have, we try on the idea that I know nothing about anything. It doesn't mean we don't have knowledge. But what it means is we don't have a made up mind. Because a made-up mind is a closed mind. If we already assume that we know what's going to happen, or we know what's not going to happen, then our mind is closed. And we're not open to being guided. We're not open to being directed. We've already decided. So when we shift into that space, I know nothing about anything, it creates an opening in the mind for the heart to really lead us and direct us. One of the chapters in my book, Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, is I Know Nothing About Anything. That book is actually, it's a great book. It's a 30-day guide to navigate life when the shift hits the fan. It's essentially a journey in 30 days, taking you from fear and judgment and separation into an understanding of love and connection and oneness. And it's written in a language that really people really understand, like stop, th- top, stop taking everything so personally, what used to work is no longer working, like those kinds of languages, looking at judgment and projection, that sort of thing. So it's like a really easy book to understand and read. And it's a journey from fear to love or from separation to oneness. And the oneness is actually even introduced in a way that it just 
gives people an idea or perspective to try on. So if you're inspired to get that book, it's called Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong. You can get the ebook uh, through my website or you can order the book, the printed book through Amazon or Chapters Indigo or whatever, any of the online bookstores. It's the idea of letting go of everything we think we know and everything we think we don't know at the level of the mind to create an opening for a new level of knowing. So it's about offering over all the knowledge. And it's not like dumping the knowledge and never use it again. It's about offering over all the knowledge and tapping into the knowing and letting the knowing be the driver. I was talking recently with somebody and I found that there was a period of time probably in the last couple of years where I really kind of emptied my mind so much that there were times where I, I kind of shifted so far into my spirituality that I just, I didn't even want anything in my head. I didn't want any statistic, any, any kind of words that just any kind of lessons. It was just like this real emptying of the mind. It, it became so much of an emptying of my mind that I couldn't even remember words in the human language for different things. Like, you know, can you pass that thing over there? My husband's like, what thing? I'm like, the thing that, that you know, with the handle. And he's like, your cup? I'm like, yeah, I need my cup. So I couldn't remember words. It was, it was more like I just swung so far to this spiritual divinity alignment, oneness kind of experience that I just, my humanness felt, I felt way over here, way over on the other side. And what I've realized in the last three to six months is I've kind of come back into bringing that, that experience now of oneness and living oneness and divinity into my humanness and then using the human language again. So, you know, I found myself when I was in Turks and Caicos, I'm talking, I'm talking to the guy on the roof and I'm talking about flashing and, and membrane and this and that. And he's like, he was quite amazed that I knew so much about, you know, construction. And because I, my husband's very handy and I've, I've picked up a lot over the years and understand, I have an understanding and it was just, it just all came in, you know, about five or six months ago, I would have been like, you know, the thing you put on the side of the walls, <laughs> you know, that thing that stops the, the, you know, I wouldn't have been able to have the language because I just was so far away from that. I had kind of emptied my mind so much that I felt like I just didn't even have any kind of form of dictionary up there anymore. It's very interesting. So there's these waves or these ranges of requirements to heal and to let go and to unwind. And that just so happened to be my experience is like emptying the mind so much that I, I lost my language for a long time. And it's just all coming back now. It's a lot of people will, will do that is they'll kind of swing and go into these you know, transcendent experiences, these meditations, and they kind of lose themselves, but they don't know how to bring that experience back and be human again, or be in their humanness. Because once you remember who the truth of who you are, it's really challenging to kind of come back and land in this human body and say, okay, now what? So a lot of people will stay disconnected from that and stay in that world of 
meditation and trying to escape their humanness. It's like a lot of people are like, I want to, I want to awaken or be enlightened. I'm like, I want to, I just feel like I need to go live in a cave. I'm like, well, anybody can go live in a cave and be awakened because you're away from all the triggers of the world. You're away from all those things that actually bump up against your leftovers as a human being. It's easier. The work is really in bringing that level of understanding and truth back into your humanness and, and meeting other humans. That's the real work. That's what we all need to do. We need to rise up above our own, you know, from our own ashes and meet everybody in their humanness and remind them of their divinity. When we remember our own divinity, we can help them remember theirs better, more easily. So we do our own internal work and that helps us meet others and encourage and inspire them. So I'm going to invite you to look at your life and take a moment to identify where is there still density? Where do you have leftovers? What relationships are no longer serving that you need to let go of? What relationships need to dissolve? And which relationships need to evolve? What are some of the habits that you still hold that are actually keeping you stuck and holding you back? What is something that's, that you feel a calling to move toward, but you've been hesitating? What are you afraid of? Most people are more afraid of their light than their darkness. Most people are more afraid of love than fear. You'd think we'd be afraid of fear, but it's a love that we're more afraid of. We've been trained and programmed to fear love. To fear love in the way that we're going to lose it, or we don't deserve it, we aren't worthy of it that it hurts, so many messages. What wounds, what trauma, what leftovers do you have? Now is the time to clear all of that, to, to rise up above all of that and say, I'm willing to heal. I'm willing to feel. I'm willing to experience what I need to experience. I'm willing to walk through the challenges Because in walking through that, that's where we grow. That's where we expand. Whatever we're going through, we can grow through. That's where we remember. And that's where we empower others to remember as well. Yes, what we say is important, but our actions speak louder than words. And if we can be the examples of 
embracing our humanness and embodying our divinity, if we can be love in action, if we can be animated by the divine force within us, then we empower others to do the same. And that's what the world needs, more of us to rise up and say yes to play our part, whatever that looks like, in every moment. And just say yes over and over and over again. Because there's people out there waiting to hear your voice, to hear your message, to see you shining bright in the way that you're meant to. There's people calling for you. And they need you to support them on their path. Are you willing to do that for them? Are you willing to say yes, even though you're afraid? Are you willing to say yes, to rise up above the ashes, to, to spread your wings and say yes to all that life has to offer and play the role, play the part that you're meant to play and experience the miracles that are the side effect of being in alignment. Just say yes. Say yes, and then see what happens. And then be wide open, wide, wide open to let your heart guide you with every breath, with every step, in every moment. I love you. I appreciate you. I see you. I honor you. Until next week, namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heart, L-E-D, living.com.